Welcome to the Glasses Half Full Talk Show. Let's face it, life can be tough in many ways. Here on the Glasses Half Full, we focus on how life is tough financially. Dealing with these financial realities can be a challenge. Essentially, we have to find ways to do more with less. Less money, that is. The show is focused on helping you discover ways to achieve that goal, even if you don't have a lot of money to work with. We'll be meeting people from many different walks of life. They'll share their stories and expertise. Looking to do more with less and maintain a positive attitude while you're doing it welcome to the glass is half full now let's join richard and his guests in the studio hi i'm richard killen welcome to the glass is half full the show that uh, tries to get people to get a better bang for their buck even if they're kind of short on the bucks so today we're joined by barry Choi. welcome barry thank you for having me uh, Barry, uh, I'll have to read this, Barry, to make sure I get it right. Uh, Barry is a Toronto-based personal finance and travel expert who frequently appears on City TV, Global, uh, CTV, and other TV programs. Mm -hmm. right? uh, he's also a regular contributor to uh, many financial and travel publications. And his blog, Money We Have, is uh, one of Canada's most trusted sources when it comes to both finance and travel. So once again, Barry, thanks for joining us. No problem. Uh, Barry, today I'd like to uh, cover both uh, both of the aspects of finance and travel. Okay, mm -hmm. so uh, I'd like to start with personal finance, maybe on the basis that if you don't have any money whatsoever and no credit cards, you're not going to travel very far anyway. No, right? so, no, not at all. <laughs> I think you'll agree with me when uh, when I say that um, that credit cards are the most ubiquitous, the most common form of uh, personal credit in Canada. Definitely. And uh, what everybody 18 or over has at least one. They if, should, if not 12. Yeah. <laughs> I don't agree with 12, but that's okay. <laughs> don't ask me how many I have. <laughs> um, so I'd like to start off with credit cards. Okay, we'll talk about credit cards. Mm -hmm. Now, one of, the, one of the things about credit cards, uh, if you're in the credit card business, uh, to promote the card, to, to push your product, um, you use many gimmicks, shall we say? Many, sure, uh, yeah. Uh, special offers. And one of the most uh, common ones, that uh, certainly that I've heard of, is the, uh, the balance transfer, mm -hmm. usually based on interest rates. Can you... Explain that to us. Yeah, so the thing about balance transfer is it, it seems like a gimmick, but I think it's one of the best options out there, uh, especially for people who have run up debt on their previous credit cards. Because usually when you look at an offer, you're talking about points, cash back, benefits for airports or whatever. But with the balance transfer option, you're basically guaranteed a lower interest rate when you sign up by transferring your previous balance to this new card. Uh, one good example is MBNA TrueLine Gold uh, card. It has a 0% interest rate for nine months. It comes with a $39 fee and a 1% uh, balance transfer fee. But, you, you know, 0% obviously is much lower than say the 19.99% that you're currently paying. Yes, I noticed so, the difference. Yeah, huge, huge difference, right? <laughs> and even then there's, uh, the nice thing about that is even if you can't pay off the entire balance right away, the balance uh, or the interest rate goes up to 8.99 or 12.99 depending on what you have, which is still lower than what you're paying before. Right. Uh, the key thing is to understand that if you're going to do this balance transfer, it's not just to like constantly balance transfer to avoid paying your bills. The whole goal is to pay down your balance, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're going to continue picking up debt with your new credit card, it doesn't matter. You're going to run into a hole eventually. Now, obviously, this is um, it depends how you handle your cards, isn't it? The, That's uh, right. 
Like if you're paying your card off at the end of every month, you're getting down to zero mm -hmm. at the end of every month. You really don't have a credit card there, do you? You have no debt, right? Like yeah. that's that's the beautiful thing about credit cards. When used responsibly, uh, not only do you build a good credit score, you can reap all the benefits from the points you earn or the cash back that you earn. Mm -hmm. So, on whole, it's good to take advantage of these things, depending on what it is you're transferring and how much. One hundred percent depends yeah. on the situation. Mm -hmm. Good. Um, We've all kind of, uh, pretty well everybody I hope has heard about the term consolidation loan, mm -hmm. uh, but they may not be 100% sure how, how that works. Can you flesh that out for us? Yeah, generally speaking, is you get one big loan at a lower interest rate. I'm going to make up this number. Let's just say you get that loan for 7%. Mm -hmm. Well, then with that loan, you pay off all your other debts. So if we're talking about those credit cards that have 19.99%, maybe your car financing is 10%. So you're getting this loan with a lower interest rate to pay off all your other loans. The key thing to remember is these loans are kind of open-ended. So you can continue to pick up debt uh, if you're not careful. So you can't just accept this loan thinking that, oh, I'm going to do this. You really need to have a plan to pay off your debts. So you have seven or eight credit cards. Mm -hmm. And uh, you owe a grand total of uh, $30,000, we'll say, mm -hmm. or $40,000. Okay? Uh, so you, you would go and you would get a loan from a bank, from a finance company or whatever, um, that is, is offering you a, a, an interest rate which is going to be better than what the credit cards are. Presumably, exactly. You take that yeah. amount you get, pay it off, but you also really got to pay attention to the terms of that loan because mm -hmm. it may be 7%, but it might be a floating rate where it could change at any time. Or keep right. in mind, sometimes they can call that loan back, and if you don't have that money handy, you, you actually end up with more debt. Um, but in this, you're changing from one type of credit to another, right? You're changing from revolving credit to a fixed credit, where you're paying both interest and principal down over a, uh, a scheduled uh, period of time, right? Mm -hmm, exactly. So that's where you got to really read the details. Uh, there's all these different types of loans you can get. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes people will get like a interest-only loan, for for example, and they don't realize that they're making the minimum payments, but in reality, they still haven't paid back anything. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's for sure. If, if all you're doing is paying the interest. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. People just don't realize that. Yeah, but one of the things that I've found uh, in my business um, is that people get a consolidation loan, but perhaps the lending institution that gave them the loan didn't insist on cutting up the credit cards mm -hmm. or something like that, or maybe they did, and the credit card companies send them new ones and uh, things like that. And within a couple of years or something, the, the, the consolidation loan still has three years to go. Yeah, but the credit cards have gone back up to perhaps even as much as uh, what they owed when they got the consolidation loan. I think secretly that's the goal of the lenders, right? They want, <laughs> they want to make money off you. They're not just... Well, we shouldn't be cynical about these well, things. Well, right? <laughs> you know. <laughs> Okay, let's just say that that's right. You don't it's have unfortunate. To, yeah, it it yeah. is definitely unfortunate. That's why yeah. I was saying you need to have that plan of attack, yeah, right? That's what you were talking about. Exactly. Yeah. So, you, you know, you take that loan, you pay off your highest interest debt first, so you can just reduce the amount mm -hmm. of interest you're paying. And maybe right away you lower the, you either maybe cut up the card. It's a good thing to do right away. You can't spend it if you, if you don't have access to the card. Or you lower your limit. If you mm -hmm. know you've had spending issues that's and problem, or close some cards, maybe just get down. If you had seven or eight cards, maybe go down to one or two with a lower limit. And just get some self-control and educate mm -hmm. yourself. And I think if you've gotten as far as getting this consolidation loan, you're smart enough to realize that you might have a problem and you want to learn from it. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> yeah but but the, the thought process will have started to move in that direction anyway. Exactly. Yeah, hopefully, yeah. Um, just to segue a little bit into the travel uh, side of things that mm -hmm. we're going to talk about a little bit later. Barry. I understand you're a bit of a fan of travel rewards. I like travel rewards yeah. with credit cards, yeah. <laughs> I don't fully understand them, but maybe it's because I don't take advantage of them like perhaps I should. I don't know. 
Educate me on this, Barry. Yeah, it's pretty straightforward. Like, you, you know, when you sign up for a new credit card to travel one, they offer you a nice generous sign-up bonus. Uh, but there's always conditions. You got to spend X amount before X date, usually three months, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and then you earn points on all your purchases, which can then be redeemed for discount on travel. The key thing is, as we already discussed, is you have to pay off your balance in full every single month because what good is earning 3% in travel rewards if I'm paying close to 20% in interest? It makes mm -hmm. no sense. Uh, but quite often, people can just fool themselves into thinking that, no, I, I deserve this vacation or it's a good deal. It's it's quite often not, right? Yeah, so let the emotional side of uh, decision-making take over. There's there's no doubt a lot of people suffer from FOMO, uh, fear of missing out. They, they see on social media what their friends are doing and they know they can do it too, but they have to put it on credit. And unfortunately, you know, sometimes you think it's people who don't have any money or low income that are taking advantage. But you know, you could have a good salary and just abuse your credit cards at the same time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I see that a lot. Uh, in fact, that's one of the reasons people get a lot of credit is because they have a good salary and they're able to make the payments. Well, that's the key thing. We're talking about travel rewards. The higher salary you get, you qualify for better credit cards, which mm -hmm. uh, better benefits, better rewards. It's really easy to and get trapped. more debt. <laughs> if you if you don't pay off, it, that's don't for sure. Off, yeah. That's for sure. Um, on the subject of all of uh, the travel and all that, sh would it be advisable, are, and are there credit cards that lend themselves to this, to have uh, one or a couple of credit cards that are designed for travel and others for domestic use? Yeah, for me, it's like it's not like a travel credit card that you're using just for travel. It's just it's the type of rewards you're earning, mm -hmm. right? So you can use them domestically, internationally. They're this, again, it's the type of rewards you, you want to earn. So you know, the WestJet's got their own credit card, Aeroplan has hers, but then each bank has their own travel program where you can earn points. Mm -hmm. uh, that said, there are certain credit cards that may are designed specifically for all-in-one use. Uh, Scotiabank released the uh, Passport credit card a few years back which gives you no foreign transaction fee. So it saves you a minimum of 2.5% whenever you make a purchase in a foreign currency. So yeah, you could argue that that is a great card to be using internationally. Uh, that You mentioned foreign currency. Um, I was going to ask you about um, are there cards that are advantageous in terms of, um, what do they call it, uh, uh, currency exchange. Yeah, uh, definitely. So I mentioned that two and a half percent, and a lot of people who are watching this right now might be like, "What are you talking about? I don't get charged that fee." Mm -hmm. uh, what they don't realize is that it's baked right into your exchange. So if you're buying something in U.S. dollars, when you see the Canadian amount, the extra two point five percent is already in there, unless you have a credit card that doesn't charge foreign transaction fees. Uh, fortunately, over the last couple of years in Canada, it's become a big issue. So there are more and more credit cards available. Uh, there's almost like. 10 credit cards now that in Canada have no foreign transaction fees. But if you go back three years, there's only two. Uh, so, so there's more and more options. It just each card is different, so you gotta do a little bit of a research. Hmm. I guess that the whole idea of transaction fees is another question too, isn't it? Yeah, it's uh, crazy how many fees we pay, right? How crazy is it? Uh, well, again, in terms the, of the credit cards. The, the foreign transaction fee is just 2.5%, right? But it's on any foreign currency. Like these days, people are buying things online, mm -hmm. US dollars. So why pay the premium when you don't have to? You just apply for one credit card that doesn't charge you the fees. You can save every single time. Mm -hmm. So it's not like a huge amount if you're buying something small. But over time, it definitely adds up. The way I look at it is, let's just say I looked at all my trip expenses. Uh, if I was, say, going to Italy, the amount of fees I pay could be the same as one nice meal while I'm there. So I'd rather have that nice meal than pay fees. Mm -hmm. Now you mentioned currency exchange fees and all that, but what other kinds of transaction fees uh, should we guard against if uh, we're thinking of using credit cards? Uh, well, you know, it depends. Like a lot of people, 
you know, there's there's cash advance fees, right? Where you don't want to get into that because that's where you're you're paying to access money that you don't have, and you pay a higher interest fee. Uh, as far as credit cards are concerned, there's this, this not. This be on t- when you get a cash advance, usually you start paying interest on that money right from the right away, you get the money, right? right? And you get pay a higher interest and fee. The f- and Higher interest. That's right. Is there a separate fee? On there might be. Thing? It just depends on the terms and conditions depends, right? of your card. Right. Every card is different. Uh, generally speaking, most credit cards don't have a fee when you use them, unless it's a cash advance and international. Uh, mm-hmm. But again, it, it really depends. So, Barry, um, I said we'd eventually get into the travel side of things, right? Um, because our audience presumably uh, is, is looking for some um, some. Uh, information, some, let's call them tips, mm-hmm. on how to get that better bang for the buck. Okay. Sure. So now I'm going to ask you for some tips. Yeah. But we're going to go over to the travel side of things. Okay. okay. All right. So um, it, most of the people watching this probably are uh, family people, have children and all that. What tips can you give us about um, getting more from, uh, you know, on a, a single family holiday, we'll say? Okay. Well, it really depends on your budget. So that's where I like to start more than anything else. If you want to make travel part of your family life, you got to set money aside for it. Uh, you know, a good example, and I'm throwing out a random number here, right? If you were able to put aside $500 a month, that would give you $6,000 a year. Uh, that may seem like a lot of money for some people, like to put aside that amount. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm just throwing out these numbers yeah, there, just, just number, as an example. Yeah. Um, you got to remember, it's like you can't necessarily travel every single year. So if you don't have that much amount saved, wait for the next year, right? I didn't travel every single year when I was younger. But once you've got that money set aside, you can do whatever you want with it, mm-hmm. right? Because the key thing is, is you're not dipping into your credit cards or any lines of credit uh, to pay off for your travel. And that's where I like to start. And then, you know, based on what your budget is, then you start deciding where you can go. So if you've got a lower budget, uh, maybe you take, think about closer to home, road trips, right? Or taking advantage of the things that are going on where you live. A uh, lot of events in the summer, you know, we're based in Toronto. Uh, the city of Toronto throws on tons of events. You could spend every single weekend doing something within the city and not pay a penny. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I know of some of those, <laughs> yes, I know. Um, Yep, that's that's part of the action, right? The mm-hmm. uh, the the idea that um, you're, you're trying to end your vacation with less debt, or at least no more debt than what you started with, right? You should never go into debt for vacation, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, how do you like that straight line, Barry? <laughs> <laughs> um, is there ever some things you can tell us about saving money on air travel? Yeah, well, the easiest thing, and this is really hard for families, is his um, off-season travel is obviously the quickest way to save money. You know, a good example is if you were to try to fly to Europe from Canada, you're looking at probably a thousand dollars, right? But if you're to go like, you know, right now September, October, uh, I know it may not be September, October when you guys are watching this, but the point is it's off-season. Mm-hmm. Uh, a flight might cost you anywhere from six hundred to eight hundred dollars. So you think about it, that's twenty percent savings right there. Sure. Yeah. And then on top of that, because you're traveling during the off-season, hotels are typically twenty to twenty-five percent cheaper. Also, um, another easier way to save, in my opinion, is to literally sign up for every single newsletter out there. Uh, airlines, tour operators, and the reason I say that is because they let their readers know right away when there's a sale. So if you know there's a sale and you can see a discount, another good example is Air Canada Vacations quite often runs promotions where kids stay for free, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a great deal, but you just got to know about that promotion. And um, they bombard you with this stuff. 
They totally do because they want yeah. you to buy it. They want you to spend sure. with them, right? Yeah. You do have a. The problem with those things is you got to have some self-discipline. There are some people out there who will see these deals and be like, "Why well, gotta go? Because it's such a good deal." Well, it's not a deal if you got to pay it back later and you don't have the funds available. Mm-hmm. It never is, is it? Um, what about combination bookings? Uh, uh, com- packages. Yeah, packages like can be good. So it depends on how you're looking at it. If, if you're doing an all-inclusive resort, quite often it makes more sense to go through, say, Air Canada Vacations, Sunwing, uh, WestJet Vacations. But if you're also looking to book your flights, uh, hotels, and say a car rental, Expedia.ca is probably one of the best solutions Expedia. to go through. Yeah, they, yeah. They, they openly advertise it, and I've run the numbers in the past, um, and it works. And the nice thing about Expedia is, you don't need to book all three things at the same time. So let's say you book your flight and you decide a week later, you know, I'm gonna get a hotel. And then another week later, you're like, oh, I do need a car rental. If they give you like basically a, a window where as long, as long as you book everything, eventually you still get the savings. Huh. So you're not, you're not locked into uh, having plan everything. That's right, right, right down exactly. To the, uh, the, the and they remind you, right? They'd be like, hey, you know, mm-hmm. you got two more weeks to save on X amount. So, so they right. want you to book with them, right? Really, would they say that? Eh, they do. How do you feel about cruises and tours? Uh, tours, I actually think, are really good value. Uh, people don't like tours because it's like, oh, I don't want to get on this big giant bus with you know a hundred other people, and it's not fun. Well, it's the same way you think about it. There's literally probably a thousand different tour operators out there, so it's a matter of finding the right tour that makes sense for you, uh, your lifestyle, the type of adventure you want. Um, I did a tour with Intrepid Travel a couple years back, and there was only eight people on the tour. It's fantastic, mm-hmm. right? Sure. Uh, and when you break down the cost of everything, the meals that are included, which isn't always included, the guide, the accommodations, and the transportation, it's a pretty good value. More importantly, I haven't spent any time planning. Uh, cruises are a little bit trickier because each cruise is so different. And what I don't like about cruises is the fact that you basically pay a base price and you got to pay for every single upgrade. Right, you got to pay for gratuities. You got to pay for the nicer restaurants. Obviously, if you're going to go to the casino on on the ship, you got to pay there. Uh, uh, there's every and the day excursions too, right? Mm-hmm. So, so you could avoid all of that if you wanted, but most people will spend a little bit extra on cruises. Um, I've had uh, a couple of people work for me who were very, very uh, into tours. Mm-hmm. Back every year, the uh, cruises. Sorry, yeah, the cruises. Much the same thing because they're, they're, the big selling point to them was they unpack once and they pack once. That's right. You know, it's like their hotel moves with it. Right? It's experience, right? There's no doubt some, some cruises, like, you know, you think about uh, the cruises that go through Scandinavia or the Mediterranean, like, just, just think about planning that on your own. Like I said, you pack once, they yeah. take you, you're, you're there, it's, it's great. So I do actually think cruises can have a good a lot of good value. People just got to realize that it's not necessarily just the base price you're paying. There will be extras you're going to pay because you're not going to sit on a ship the entire time while it's docked in some new exotic destination. You're going to go explore, right? You're going to go buy. You're going to go shop. What you're saying basically is there are two types of tours, right? There's the tour that uh, essentially is focused on you just having fun. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, it's almost like the casino tour, and where the casino goes with you. Where, yeah, and you, and you dock here and there, and you want to go off and buy some things at the at the local market or something. But then, the the, the 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 essence of the tour is what the ship can provide. Sorry, the cruise. Yeah, yeah, you're basically paying for whereas, access whereas to the cruise. the Mediterranean cruise that you mm-hmm. mentioned, okay, you go, you go from here to there, and then you get off and you visit, and you come back back to your hotel, and then it, your hotel moves over to the next place. That's pretty much it. That's yeah. exactly it. Very and different it's, tours. It's a unique experience. Right? Cruising is great. Yeah. It can be fun, uh, but not everyone's into it. It's kind of the difference between a cruise and a tour. 
Well, I'm talking about cruise ship versus no, 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 a, a bus I, tour, right? I, yeah, I, no, I know what you mean. Yeah. But, uh, the, the one, the Mediterranean one that I described there is more of a tour than a cruise. Uh, well, no, it's a cruise. If you're on a cruise ship, it's a cruise, right? It's, it's not a tour, it's a cruise. One lady I'm thinking about used to always say, I'm, I'm going on a tour. <laughs> <laughs> She's going on a cruise, if, assuming she was on a boat. I used to argue about that with her, too. <laughs> um, interesting. The, uh, is there any, um, any particular, what would you call it, um, uh, Garden of Eden out there for us? Uh, is there any particular place that you'd recommend people to um, set their eyes on for, in terms of this tour cruise or um, well if you're talking about destinations in, yeah. it, it depends on what you're looking for it's so hard uh, different budgets right like I said I'm if you're flexible you can get a lot of deals out there as far as I'm concerned uh, cruising if, if again flexibility a good example is I was talking to my mother the, the other day and she found a cruise coming out of Vancouver about six nights ending in Los Angeles including airfare it was twelve hundred dollars. It's wow. like that's like actually really cheap when you think about it because the flight alone was about six hundred bucks. Mm -hmm. So, you know, six seven nights on a ship, some stops. It's like you said, basically a hotel for a week that travels with you mm -hmm. and all the meals. I'm like, that's a pretty good good price, right? Sure, but you? that's because she's retired and she can just jump on a plane next week and it wouldn't matter, right? Uh, um, but well, to for me, twelve hundred dollars for a week. I mean, yeah. Most places you'll stay will charge you close to that. Yeah, exactly, right? And it doesn't move. Um, but I also like to look at other destinations. To me, it's kind of like, you know, what's trending and what has good value. Uh, it sounds a bit crazy, but like five, six years back, um, after Egypt was going through their, the Middle East crisis and the Egypt uprising, mm -hmm. as soon as they elected a new president, I was like, yo, I'm going. Because it's like, they got a new president, everything's safe. And more importantly, like everything was like 50% off still. Mm -hmm. So so sometimes you gotta look at the situations around the world and-, and uh, Did you write about that? Take advantage, uh, I think I did, I don't remember. Because uh, I think my sister-in-law must have read it. <laughs> I'm not saying like, you know, put yourself in any mm -hmm. danger or going anywhere crazy, but uh, you can be smart about your travels. With credit cards, since they've replaced the, the traveler's checks, what can you tell us about, uh, number one, is uh, the, um, the uh, avoiding the devastation of losing all your cards and uh, you know, the inconvenience of things? Yeah, it's out. tricky. You just got to be smart about your surroundings. Just be smart about how you use your credit cards. Number one, whenever you travel, uh, most of the times you still need to let your credit card provider know that you're traveling so you don't get locked out when you make purchases. Uh, and being smart. You know, if you're going to a heavy tourist area that's known for pickpockets, you know, maybe you're wearing your wallet in your front pocket or you're putting your bag in front of you, uh, you can't make yourself a target, right? It's, mm -hmm. I know it's easy for me to say that, but you gotta need to be aware of your surroundings. And, and also people forget, it's like, when you go home, what you should also do is change your pins right away because in the event that you used a terminal that was compromised, they still usually need your pin to actually make a transaction. Mm -hmm. So even if they cloned your card and you've changed your pin, it's no good to them anymore. Right, prepaid cards. Yeah. How do you think of them in terms of travel? Uh, it depends on how you look at it, right? Like those traditional prepaid cards uh, that people are probably thinking in their heads right now is where you would be able to take advantage of an exchange rate early, mm -hmm. which is not bad, but prepaid cards, as weird as it sounds, it's, it's not always accepted everywhere. Um, these days, there's better prepaid options in the sense where you just, they're loadable credit cards like Stack and Coho um, that use the Visa and MasterCard networks that are more internationally recognized. Uh, I like them, but you know how we're talking about credit cards without foreign transaction fees? Mm -hmm. I still think that's the cheapest way, so why would you go with the prepaid when you've got a credit card without foreign transaction fees? Okay, so in terms of travel, you're not a big fan of them? Uh, prepaid cards? Yeah. Not at all. Yeah, okay. right. All right. 
Uh, and, and for domestic use, though, uh, certainly in, the, in my world, uh, prepaid cards are a, a very positive thing to have. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I won't explain why. <laughs> <laughs> this is about you talking about travel. But speaking of that, I, th I understand that you um, you publish or you have a guide called The Cost of Travel. Yep. And uh, my God, Barry, it's free. <laughs> it is free. Um, how does one get that? Just go to my website, moneywehave.com, and a box will pop up mm -hmm. saying, sign up for my newsletter. That's right, simple. Uh, sounds tricky to me. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> um, tell us what, what the guide covers. Literally everything you need to know. You know, yeah. a few things we already talked about. You know, setting up your budget, uh, how to save on flights, how to save on hotels, travel insurance, picking your destination. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just like a little guide I wrote. I don't even remember how many pages. I think it's like 50 or something. Yeah. Um, of all the travel tips I've learned over the years that have helped me save money. And the funny thing is, once you know these tips, it's like they're just in your head. Mm -hmm. It's nothing really special. People just don't know how to take advantage of things that are right in front of them. And keep your backpack on the front. Yeah, that's, I, I guess technically that saves you money. In the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> and on subways. There you go. So thank you very much for joining us. Yeah, no problem. Um, here's a little gift. Oh, I'm going to put it this way so that uh, <laughs> folks can see it. It's uh, a book. This is why we call this The Glass is Half Full. It was written uh, to emphasize the, the value and the importance of attitude in turning whatever negative situation you may find yourself in, whether it be somebody stole your backpack or something when you're mm -hmm. in Geneva, or um, you just run out of, uh, you've overspent on your credit cards here in Toronto. Doesn't matter, a negative situation can be turned into a positive opportunity with the right attitude. Amazing. Okay, so I, I tried to put that into print. Okay? <laughs> anyway, thanks again for joining us. No problem, Appreciate thank you.